Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. to the Moment of Kluth podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. This week's guest is former professional stock car racing driver turned broadcaster Clint Boyer. Last year, Clint had the decision to make to continue racing for Stuart Haas Racing or join the Fox Sports coverage team for the NASCAR Cup Series races. He chose to transition from the driver's seat to the booth. And in this episode, he recaps his first season as a full-time broadcaster, how his former competition, Jeff Gordon, helped him get ready for the role, and lessons on staying true to who he is, on and off the track. But first, a word from our sponsor, Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Well, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, when I got the invite, I, I, I told Jacob, I was like, well, all right, you know, I'm, I'm new to the podcast world, but let's do it. You See, should start with either. I, when he said that, I was thinking Jacob has started this podcast or something. I'm like, oh my god, this is, there's no way I'm doing a podcast with with my boss. But you, however, I said no problem. The Jacob of Cluth, moment of Cluth. I don't know. We would have to work on a new name for him. <laughs> <laughs> this is his podcast. He has been a guest before, though, and he'll be the first to tell you this. He has had the most downloads on my show out of any of my guests. So. That's because all of his employees and, and uh, talents have reposted it and, and re-gifted it to Jacob, blowing uh, blowing his self-esteem even bigger than it is. So. <laughs> Let's try to get more lessons on this episode than his episode, just to see. Yes, that is my goal. I'm going to reach out to every human being I know. So okay, perfect. To this. <laughs> so last fall, you had the decision to make to either continue racing for Stuart Haas Racing or join the Fox Sports coverage team for the NASCAR cup series. And you chose to transition from yeah. driver's seat to the booth. How has that transition been for you? So it's been, um, just a ton of fun, you know, and, and a learning curve to say the least. Oh my gosh. Um, and I think we should back up a little bit. You know, I had the opportunity while I was driving to do, um, a driver's only broadcast. Um, they had us into the booth. It was, I think, Kevin Harvick and, and Joey Logano and myself to do an Xfinity race on Saturday, cover the race. We actually had drivers in the pits doing the pit reporters. The whole damn show was drivers and completely out of control and, and uh, went over pretty well. We had a lot of fun with it. So those opportunities, you know, it started with that. And then, hey, we want to come by and do another race and another race. And it kind of led to doing several Xfinity races alongside Adam Alexander, on, on, all on the Xfinity side. And then the pandemic hit. And for a lot of people, you know, the pandemic was was obviously a, a bad thing. And, and, um, and you know, and, but for me, 
it presented this opportunity that honestly, I don't think was my life, you know, would have, would have crossed paths with this opportunity had that pandemic not happened. We did the iRacing broadcast, um, you know, the simulators and, and everything. They called me, Eric, uh, you know, Shanks called and, and asked if I would be a part of it with Jeff Gordon and Mike Joy. And I was like, yeah, it worked on a lot of different ways. I already had a partnership with iRacing. I have dirt late models that run all across the, the, um, the country in, in a series and they sponsored my racing program. So you know, I needed to take care of them. That helped me put it, you know, that was, that was uh, definitely a feather in my hat. So I took the, the chance, went down to the studio in Charlotte, and it was literally on a whim. Nobody really knew what to expect. Everybody kind of been, you know, we've, we've as racers, we use the iRacing platform as, as a practice, if you will, going into any given weekend. You know, if I'm going to a new racetrack or something that I haven't seen, I jumped on my iRacing rig and spent a couple hours you know, going over everything because literally down to, you know, the cracks in the track or anything about that racetrack, they have, um, you know, put it into that programming. So I had used it, jumped on it with Jeff and it's the light switch went off, you know, and I don't think it was just for me, obviously. I mean, I think it was, it was their light switch too and saying, oh my gosh, look at this, look what could be. And that one, that, that, those shows and those broadcasts were the ones that, that presented this opportunity for me. Well, you have such a small, low-key personality. I would have never guessed you'd be good at television <laughs> broadcasts at all. Um, it it seems was like literally it goes, completely impromptu. Yeah, we, uh, Jeff and I, so I knew I had a lot of fun with Jeff, right? Not on the racetrack, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> on the racetrack, God, I wanted to just punch him out every time. Just, you know, <laughs> just, just once, just feel that you know, satisfaction and never got that opportunity. But as soon as we got <laughs> out of the cars, it didn't matter where we were at or as a dinner or, you know, championship banquet, we always kind of flocked to one another and probably had a couple, uh, um, you know, beverages, if you will. Did you and Jeff have to go to breakfast and sit down over pancakes and hash out the beef or were you guys able to move past it pretty easily in the studio? No, I knew it was long past. And and a funny thing was, is our bosses didn't, right? Brad Zager, <laughs> when he called and, you know, he's giving me the sales pitch of why I should do this. And, you know, and, and you know, you and Jeff, I know you guys have had your, your run-ins, but I really do believe your personalities. I'm like, Brad, listen to me. Like, I promise you, the thing that I feel like you guys are worried about the most is the thing that will be the easiest transition like we get along where it's water under the bridge and it really was then it was just all this you know nascar uses the commercial like it's you know it's it, i feel like we should get paid <laughs> they, they get all all the, the excitement of all the races and it's still back to 2012 of me running after him by the way i never did find him never <laughs> did see him i just ran my ass off for nothing and yeah, probably pulled, if not one, both hamstrings. And, and <laughs> couldn't, That's the real even if I did catch the broadcast. Day, I don't know what I would have done because I was so out of gas and out of wind by the hell. But, you know, I think at one point the camera guy passed me. That's what I was telling my buddies once. I was like, you know, what they didn't show you is my ass. By the time I got to the end of it, I was so far drained. You know, you ran a race all day long, get out and take off running a marathon and <laughs> Anger is worth something. I guess that's what I could say, because there's no way I could do that without it. Would you do it again? <laughs> yes. 
but I don't think he'd wreck me again. I think he likes me now. <laughs> You've been training. <laughs> You've been doing it with your free time. Um, what's the best piece of advice that Jeff has given you from transition to transition from driving to broadcast? When I first started, um, you know, and we talked a lot about it. I actually, I picked his brain a lot and um, he told me two things. He says, one, you're, you're, you're going to have some races where, you know, they were your go-to tracks and it's really going to, it's going to bother you. You know, you're going to look over your shoulder doing pre-race and, and you see those guys putting their brain buckets on and you'd be like, man, gosh, I wish I was in that car, you know, cause that's my track last week in Sonoma prime example. That's my go-to track, my best track. And damn it. I was up there and I, you know, having fun and my buddy guys up there and he's always been in the window at my car when I got in and, you know, told me good luck, you know, all those things were still there. It's just, I didn't have a fire suit on. I had some weird suit on with a uh, necktie. And uh, <laughs> um, so that was one thing he told me and it's still alive today. It still burns inside you. Not every weekend, but definitely on, on those weekends, like I, you know, that I say uh, are, are your go-to tracks. And then the other one was, he told me that be careful. And, and, and again, I think you could probably tell by talking to me, he said, don't empty your bucket. And I'm like, Jeff, what in the hell does that mean? You know, what are you talking about? And immediately, literally through, we were, I think, a qualifying or practice session at Daytona. And, you know, I'm like, race insane here what I grew up with and all my all my juice, right? All my saints and everything that you've ever grew up with or, you know, every every coffee shop slang thing you ever heard with your old man and all his cronies, you know, all those things are like, just, blah, 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 you know, like, whoa, 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 the big shows, you know, the big dance is Sunday. And, and that resonates and, and is real. I think, uh, you know, now that I'm kind of down this and, and we're going down to the last weekend um, of our side of our, our part of, of NASCAR, you have that, you know, and, and honestly, I would, I feel for those guys. I was talking to a PRN guy, um, Doug Rice. He came up and gave me a compliment, said I've been doing a good job. But this is a guy that's been covering our sport on the radio side of it, you know, all along. Um, and I immediately grabbed him. I said, let me tell you something. I have a whole new um, angle of, of, you know, pride and, and uh, sat this from what you do, you know, um, appreciation for, for what those guys do because they don't have – you know, shots and, and uh, a producer in their ear and, and a director and, and things, um, um, pieces, you know, that, that fill those gaps. They're nonstop, constantly coming up, draining, you know, pulling out of that bucket and have to be fresh every single week. The other thing they do is they don't stop halfway through the season and have another network um, take over. You know, I, I couldn't imagine having to cover the whole season obviously your storylines change and that helps dramatically as you approach the the playoffs and go through that and crown a champion I think that would be fun but there's a lull in our season and it's that way as a driver too like I'm telling you through middle of June to August ish you have a, a you know you're still racing every week and you're kind of lost you know if your season's going good you're 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 pretty much in the playoffs and you're just kind of waiting around for, you know, that, that next rabbit to come chase. And that's the play. I think you go, oh, she's, she's waking up back there. Oh, she's back we just got a puppy in our house. So she hears the puppy and she's like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Screw your um, mom. 
I can tell she didn't move one bit when I when she heard my voice. So it was just, <laughs> um, but yeah, going back to the season, you know, you have that lull. So I'm I'm really happy that that we kind of get off right now. You know, I, and, and I would like to selfishly come back when the playoffs start. I think that would be super cool to be able to cover that. But nonetheless, our portion of the season is so kick-ass. You have the Daytona 500, boom, you know, the biggest yeah. race of the year. There are Super Bowl, which is kind of, you want to talk about freaking out. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. You're, you mean, I'm all good with the TV thing, but I, I want to start three races in and, and move to the Super Bowl. I don't want to start at the biggest opportunity for everybody, our whole entire sport, sponsors, drivers, TV, everything yeah. is hinging on, you know, you and, and and me and Jeff and Mike Joy and our team to cover this appropriately. So our ratings are good. So our sponsors stay intact. So the teams can stay intact. Like I've lived it all the whole shebang. I've lived every angle of this, this sport now. And I know how important that is. And it started to hit me, you know, and, and I honestly, I got nervous and I don't get nervous. I know it, I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. My wife's like, what is wrong with you? You don't, <laughs> nothing makes you nervous. And I'm like, eh, I married you. That made me nervous, you know? And, <laughs> and, uh, Aww, um, uh, you know, but, but it's, it was serious. Like I got, I got nervous because I understood the magnitude of the opportunity. Well, yeah. And there's, there's a learning curve with any, with starting any new job. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize that on the TV side and the production side of things, like it takes so much adrenaline to get through an entire show. Um, so, but I'm, you know, you've, you've, uh, you've managed quite well this season <laughs> from Daytona to now, what's been your favorite part of the broadcast journey? Well, yeah, the season, you know, when you go to Daytona, we had a couple new opportunities that we've never had before. We had the dirt race at Bristol that was awesome. I grew up racing dirt. Jeff grew up racing dirt. Unknowns, you know, when you go into something in life and there's so many unknowns and, and you know, they're leaning on you. All right, well, we at least got to try to forecast predictions and stuff like that. You know, Jeff and, and Clint, you're our only go-to guys. So, you know, the pressure was on and we're trying to, to you know, predict what's going on and, and a lot of it. We, we hit, you know, and hit it out of the park. And a lot of it was like, mm, man, I don't know. This is uncharted water right here. You know, when the dust started happening, everything else, we're like, well, that's a day race. You know, we, we know how to, but I, I know that that's going to happen. I don't know how to fix it. The only, thing, the only way you fix it is you, you, you wait till it gets dark and that, that dirt will stay, you know, tacky and moist. But I don't know, man. So that one was fun. Coda going down to Austin and meeting that new fan base. So fun. To, to go to the town and, and to see people and their energy, their excitement for our sport and everything that rolls in to town. You know, I've always felt kind of like a carny, you know, like a big part of the circus. And when we roll to town, it's meaningful when, when the town embraces what's going on and everybody's excited. You feel that energy. And as a race car driver, you feed off of that energy. No different than the TV. Those pre-race shows when you get to get down in front of everybody – that's kind of like putting your fire suit on and, and, you know, being a part of the show still. So that's the neatest thing about, you know, this job. Um, you still feel like you're a part of it, right? You're a part of the outcome um, performance wise. You know, when you're a competitor and you've raced since you was four years old, you're, you're a competitor. You have to be good at something um, or I'm going to take my toy and go, go to the house. You know, that's just the way we work. If I couldn't play baseball, 
here, you can have my bat. I don't want to play baseball anymore. Basketball is the same way. I want to be the best. It's just what's what we're, that's what makes us good at what we do. Um, Jeff's the same way, you know, and, and with his name, I, I always tell him, hell, I said, hell, with your name and my personality, we can get anywhere, man. We, <laughs> because I give him, I always give him shit. He's a little dry. Uh, won all those races and beat me and everything. I said, I got to be better than you at something. So just give me something. Um, but I think we're a good team and we have so much fun together. When he picks on me, I love it because it gives me an opportunity to pick on him. Like, I don't, I don't want to ever, you know, people, I don't want people to think, you know, cause let me tell you something, there is some Jeff Gordon fans in the world. Oh my God. And if you start picking on him, it's so funny to be on the way home. Like we'll get in the plane and I'll get my Twitter fired up and be showing him, you know, Oh, they didn't like me picking on you. Poor little Jeff, you know? I was going to say that, your, your mentions on Twitter must be lengthy after you pick <laughs> on Jeff. Oh my God. Like, I feel like people, they, they just idolize him and, and I do too. I mean, for good reason, but that's some of my favorite things. So you asked me, and, and by the way, I potentially could have a little bit of ADD. This, it takes me 10 minutes <laughs> to answer every question, but I'll get back to it. Um, I my mean, favorite part is all of it. And that's the truth. It's been every, every step of the way has been a learning curve and a new adventure. And that's always fun. You strike me as the kind of person who, when somebody tweets something mean at you, you get a kick out of it. Like you don't take it personal. Oh, I love it. But <laughs> it, it gives you, you know, ammunition and, and furthermore, it's, that's what I love about Twitter. And I will say this, I used it a lot as a, you know, and I believe it as a barometer of, of your performance, you know, people, Hey, let's face it. There's no filter on there. I mean, they, they, it's funny when it comes back on them, they get real sensitive, but for saying rude and, and just sometimes terrible remarks, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really bother me. I think pretty easily you can, you know, give it a proper cyber stalking and, and figure out really quick, who, which ones you want to pay attention to and listen to and which ones don't. Correct. So if you get on one and the guy's like the, the last 57 attempts at bat, he has been a negative, you know, ass. You, I'm not going to listen to him, but if, if he's got some, some uh, give and take and some validity to it, I, I believe that, that it is a good barometer. And I tell my, you know, producer Barry, don't listen to that stuff. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> You know, the guy said I was yelling last time. I got excited and I got yelling and, and I, I, he's probably right. You know, let me let me work on that. You know, but for the most part, the um, you know the comments have been good and that makes you feel good. Right. You, you want to be a part of something good and, and you want to you want to be professional, but you want it to be fun. And honestly, that's what they asked me to do. You know, and, and I, I told them I tell them all the time. I said, hey, I understand where I'm at. Like a little Clint goes a long ways. <laughs> Too much Clint is exactly that. Too much Clint. So finding where that needle is is sometimes tricky. Being that close to the action, do you ever have regrets for uh, leaving racing and joining the broadcast team? Only on those tracks, like I was telling you about. Um, Sonoma, you know, mm -hmm. just I love the racetrack. I love being on it. I was good at it. And you know you're good at it. You watch those guys, you know, some of those guys. And I, I – I know I could have been up front and, and making a difference, you know, and, and I did it for a long time. And, and honestly, I don't know why it, it came. And that's what changed for me. It, it became more of a, a business as far as I was having my own, you know, I, I found my own sponsors, kind of paved my own way. And, and um, 
you know, I just got tired of that grind, you know, and, and you no more got done with that. You had to start studying for the race or start doing that and start, you know, one thing takes away from another. Next thing you know, you're not competing the way you want to be, um, you know, and just the stars weren't aligned anymore. That being said, you could still go to racetracks and make a difference and be a part of the outcome. And for me, that's this this new position took all those things, you know, and kept them alive for me. You know, I didn't have to shut it off. I've talked to a lot of competitors that have retired, a lot of peers um, that had trouble with that, you know, and have told me that, called me before I was, you know, when they heard that I was thinking about doing this, like, hey, man, are you sure you're ready to give up? And I was like, well, I don't really feel like it's given up because I'm still a part of the sport and I, I got a new opportunity to, to make a living and uh, have some more time with my family and things like that. And I don't know, I, I'm not saying that I'll never drive again, but I can tell you this, like I've had a lot of people, including my wife, my brothers, like, Damn, do you want to go try to drive something this fall or, you know, do something? I was like, honestly, I want to take the kids and let's go to the beach or which by the, I hate the beach. There's nothing worse than the damn beach. I can't believe I just said that. I really don't want to go to the beach. I don't what do you want to do. So you're, you're a cow. Now you live there. Like a beach consists of a damn wagon full of all your shit <laughs> that you packed all the way to the beach. And you've, you've got everything out here, your lawn chairs, <laughs> your, all your crap, an umbrella, Everything you're overloaded, you spilt half of it getting there, you're pissed, you're tired, you're sweating through your clothes. <laughs> Finally get out there, get everything set up. Ten minutes later, your kids are like, let's go to the playground. You're like, oh! you throw it in the back of the wagon. That is an experience at the beach. And if it's not, you're a liar. So I have no idea how people I'm not I can't sit down and read. If I read one sentence, I'm already starting a sentence over again. And I'm like, I can't stay focused. And so, yeah, I don't relax. I don't like relaxing. Relaxing is not enjoyable. I want to go somewhere with a handful of throttle and have some fun. Well, you're done this weekend. This is the last race for you to broadcast. What are you going to do with yourself? I mean, clearly not the beach. <laughs> well, for right now, I am. I, I have a lake house over Missouri. And the last time we were here was the week before the pandemic we got started back so i we were trying to think back i think it was sometime in june so i got here and uh, the boat was still floating in the water which was plus <laughs> not one cover was on any piece of furniture anywhere so apparently we weathered a tornado or a hurricane or something so <laughs> everything's destroyed there's pollen everywhere I'm ready to sell the damn thing or something because i've spent the last 3 days literally i've cleaned the, the refrigerator i'm like all right i got done with everything just thinking man about 3 30 in the afternoon i'm sweating my ass off the good <laughs> time to go down sneak down to the old dock while she's not looking and maybe have me a, a beer and i went down there opened it up mold everywhere i was like oh, no. pulled the fridge out got everything going so yeah it is it is Lake time and and for right now, lake time means rebuild your house so you can have fun the rest of the summer. But that, just stuff like that, it's it's fun to to come to the lake because it's a getaway for all of us. The kids, you know, like to go. We went tubing, you know, and, and did all the midwestern things that are fun. Not I didn't if Jacob's listening, I didn't get to go surfing or paddle boarding with, <laughs> with Megan or anything, but we did go tubing, the old midwestern special. 
You know, Jake loves to get out on the boat in Newport too. So you guys have that in common. Big boating guy. He sails, doesn't he? He's, I think he sails. He sails, but he has a, a what are the a Duffy boat too. What is a Duffy boat? It's like one of those little motorized boats, you know. We don't have those on it with in, his life, Sandy. We don't have those in Kansas. They didn't offer Duffy boats in Kansas. Is it like a? a uh, it's basically what? a floating picnic. Oh. You know? I think yeah. he would like it. There's, it's not a not a whole lot of production. You just get on and float around, and he gave me a big old tour of Newport, so that was fun. But nothing beats summer in the Midwest. You've got me there. Except for the humidity. And let me tell you something. I've been out in Sonoma and gosh, it's the only thing I'll give you out there. Traffic, no way in hell. Uh, I left at 4.50 in the morning to make a flight out of uh, San Francisco, get there and the thing's an hour and a half delayed. I'm like, Uh it sucked. So that traffic is a nightmare, but the weather is choice. A-OK on the weather. That dry humidity is is so good so nice it's taken a while to warm up here actually it's not it's been in the 70s for the last i mean i I actually didn't even realize it was june the other day because it's been in the 70s for the last like three months so the seasons are just blending together i'm like yeah it feels like april i'm not really sure that's like Um, parka weather then right for you guys yeah it's freezing my blood is thin to have to wear a hat don't want to catch a cold um on this podcast i like to ask everyone who comes on to talk about a moment in their either personal or professional career where they uh, realize that they weren't being true to who they were. Cause it's called moment of cluth. We like to talk about our truths. You touched on it a little bit about being who you are in the broadcast booth and being yeah. who you are behind the wheel, but can you share a time that you really learned um, what it meant to be authentic to yourself? Yeah. Um, you know, it was actually, that's pretty, that's a great question. And, and for me, it's, it's been, part of it's probably been a couple different scenarios I grew up my father let me set, say this first my father owned a towing service so I grew up um, in the midwest with with him having you know tow trucks and always helping people right 24 hours a day literally Thanksgiving dinner I can't tell you we had two lines in our in our house line one was a different ring and line two when that ring hit you knew what that meant dad's putting his boots on and going to help somebody you also meant your ass is getting up, putting your boots on and going to help him because that you knew that's what, what was happening there. So I grew up <laughs> with a 24 hour, you know, seven days a week, 3 a.m. or whatever. If that line two rang, you were going to help somebody. I love people. I love being around people because of his job and, and our upbringing. We were constantly around people. Um, you know, when you when you get an opportunity, um, to, to in NASCAR when, when they, when you get the call, right. And, and you go out and um, you get interviewed by these mega teams. And, and, and one of the first things they all try to do, and I don't like this, I don't. And, and it's actually changed a little bit since then, but it was always the, the first, first thing that they would accomplish was, all right, you're now a professional. We got you. Your parents, they don't know this world. They get in the way. They cause a lot of turmoil on money and things like that. It's time for you to grow up and, and take our take our, our lead here and, and, and reling- let your parents relinquish some of that. And you're like, every kid usually does it. I mean, it's, it's part of it, right? And, but it is, there's truth to it. And, and I see that side of it. But I also think, bullshit. These parents are the ones that 
got me this opportunity without their guidance, without their support, without their path that they created. None of us would be here. This is their dream as well. And Mm -hmm. that was for me, a sticking point, no chance in hell. You're not, you don't turn your back on the people that got you here. And I don't believe in that. And that was something for me that, that was, it was kind of a big deal. And I told Richard Childress, my boss, it explained my point. And he's like, yeah, you're right. And to his point, you get into it in a racetrack or something, you know, you had to, your old man was over there dadding up to somebody, bellying up to somebody like, damn it, dad, you don't get back here. This is the point. You can't do that. You know? So, so there's validity to what they're saying. But for me, that was one of the things that was definite, you know, sticking point to me that, you know, Hey, that was staying true to myself, you know, being loyal to the people that came with me. And to the very end, my parents were in a motorhome coming to the racetrack watching me race. You know, they they retired and, and still had a motorhome, went to every race and and was a part of it. My brother runs all of my day to day stuff, um, you know, and we always did it as a family in a motorhome. And I'll be damned if you look over and, you know, I retired last year and they're like, you want to sell your motorhome? Like, hell no, that's a no. You know, I, I've been in a motorhome traveling up and down the road since I was four years old. I'm not selling that thing, you know, and, and honestly, Cash, my son, my six-year-old son's racing now. And we've uh-huh. been traveling around and kind of in the old bus, just like we always have, you know, go bus is a little nicer now than it was back then. But, um, you know, we're, we're going to the racetrack again. So for me, it's always been a family tradition and, and it always, uh, always will be as far as I'm concerned. I don't want to do it. If you can't do it with family and the people that you love, don't do it. So, so I guess that's, that's the best way I know how to answer your question. Very true and very sweet. Um, I think yeah. that's my favorite answer I've gotten so far on these episodes that I've done um, about being authentic. So way to go. You almost made me cry. Um, at the end of every episode, I play uh, two truths and a lie where you have to tell me two truths and one lie about yourself and I have to guess what the lie is. Oh God. Uh, all right. Two truth and a lie. Um geez. I was supposed to I could have wrote this down or something. This is uh truth, 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 truth. So all right. Uh um I uh man, I don't know. Um Two truths and a lie. So I am. Damn, I don't know. What the hell did you do that for? I'm sneaking. Uh, we were having so much fun. What, <laughs> what, uh, so truth, truth, truth. I like lies better. <laughs> um, I'm going to do this to Jeff. I'm going to play this. This weekend, I'm going to say, hey, give me two truths in a lie. I'm going to be watching the All-Star Race, and I want a shout-out. I want credit for this production. I will. We <laughs> need, need to come on with us sometime. Come to our race. That'd be um, fun. It would. Two truths in a lie. So, all right. Um, I'm from North Carolina. I'm a champion, and I have cows. I don't even know where my mind went with that, but I couldn't think. I think the lie is you have cows? Wrong. What's the lie? I'm from North Carolina. You're from the Ozarks. 
I should have known Kansas. that. I'm from Kansas. We had this talk. Dang it. But, yeah. I, you know, Lake Live, I thought maybe he uh, – wait, so you do have cows. See, Jeff would have said you're a champion. That's a lie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I backed into an Xfinity championship, and I've never won the cup. Got close. Finished Because sec- of Jeff, I finished second in the championship. I had a chance of winning the championship till till Phoenix happened and, and wiped me out of that opportunity. But, what a uh, jerk. I know it, but he's a, he's a lot of fun, and I, I I forgive him. I guess he got me a job, so he got me a lot. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on this morning. Yeah, so much fun you. this weekend at the All Star Race. I'll be watching, and uh, want a shout out for Two Truths and a Lie. I will, I will make sure that dog's still breathing. I'm, I'm worried about it. She's fine. I'll tell Jacob you say hello. Yes, tell Jake was said hi and and don't you know not too big a waves for Jake you know he can, <laughs> he can't touch very far out in the ocean so keep him pretty close all right I'll bring him some floaties <laughs> <laughs> thank you Thanks have for a good day bye. <laughs>